Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for Tuesday Terror here on the Mutual Audio Network. Be sure to leave the lights on while you listen. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. QuietPlease.org presents Quiet, Please, which is written by and features Paul Nero. Quiet, Please for today is called Interviews in the Afterlife. I'm a reporter, a newspaper man. St. Paul Times, been there 28 years. I know, you thought we're extinct. Nobody younger than 70 subscribes to a newspaper. But let me tell you, we still have our uses. We can still break stories your online blogs can't. We can still go places they can't. Let me tell you about the biggest story I ever wrote. I never published it because nobody would believe me. You won't either. But listen anyway. I just got off work and I came in here for some drinks with my pal Tommy Krieger. He was writing the editorials back then. Little did he know he was about to lose his job in the next round of layoffs. Anyway... It was the middle of December, and after I'd had a few, I made a little joke. Tommy, I said, I wish I could score an interview with God. Be the perfect thing to run on Christmas Day, wouldn't it? And I leaned back on my stool for a good drunk laugh. A bit too far back, I guess, because I fell right off. And then the world went dark. And then things got very bright but different, and I realized my wish was being kindly fulfilled. Uh, excuse me? Mr. God? I mean, Lord? Um, sir? What should I call you? No formalities here, son. Just God will be fine. Well, God... I'm a reporter for the St. Paul Times. Oh yes, I've read your story. Really? Wow. Actually, I read everything anybody writes. Omniscience, you know. I was thinking I should ask you the questions I've prepared here, but I guess you already know what they are without my needing to read them off. 
Could we just start at the top then, please, if you will? Very well. You seem to have a lot of questions, but I've got all the time in the world. I'll just move time back to where it was when we're done. Um, th this isn't going to be one of those things where you give the interview and then make me forget it all by rolling back time, is it? Oh, heavens no. I just mean that I'll make time move back for everybody else, not for us. Don't worry if it seems impossible or paradoxical, I do that sort of stuff all the time. Omnipotence, you know. Anyhow, my first question? You want me to prove that I exist? Please, you can't really mean this question seriously now. Just look at me. Listen to me. You know I'm here. The senses can't be trusted. I need something beyond that. How do I know I'm not dreaming? Have you tried the pinching method? Ouch! Still, this may all seem perfectly real, but how do I know there's not an evil demon tricking me? If I can think of a scenario in which this experience wouldn't be a real indication that you exist, like the demon's deception, then my belief that you exist is baseless. No foundation. I'll have to conclude that you don't exist unless you can give me proof. You've been reading that idiot Descartes, I can tell. Hell was too good a reward for that one. Should I take it you disagree with Descartes' proofs of your existence? What do you think of his ontological proof? Aren't you the greatest being imaginable? And doesn't existence have to be part of your greatness? Being omnipotent allows me to imagine a being greater than me. The way in which the being I imagine is greater than me is that unlike me, it's so great that it's impossible to imagine anything greater than it. Now, according to my omniscient observations of the universe, this being I imagine does not exist. Case closed. But even if you don't like Descartes' proofs, surely you can show me that it's irrational to doubt your existence. Oh yes, I can. I think we just saw an example of irrational doubt when you said our conversation isn't enough to convince you that I'm here. Do you regularly hallucinate? Mm, sometimes after I've had too much to drink. Gee, sir. I, I mean, God. I hope this won't count against me in the final judgment. I think nothing of it. Thanks. Now... My next question was about... Evil. You want to know why there's evil in the world? I hate it when people ask that. May I ask you a question before I answer? Shoot. Excuse me? Sorry, Freudian slip. Well, tell me. What's the least violent and most peaceful and happy and friendly TV show you can think of? Mm, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Barney? Teletubbies? Tell me, how do those shows make you feel when you watch them? First bored, then second. If I'm subjected to the suffocating cheerfulness for too long, sometimes I start to feel suicidal. Exactly. That's why evil and suffering exist. I see. You give us evil so that we aren't all driven to suicide by the dullness, by the disgusting perfection and happiness. No, no, you misunderstand. I put evil in the world so that I don't end up driven to suicide. It's hard enough to find diversions to make all eternity interesting as it is without making Earth into a dull paradise. So, do you like it when we kill each other? Does watching genocide give you pleasure? I'm sorry, that may have been a sensitive topic. Um, 
Mo moving on to other matters now. How are things in heaven? Have you ever had any problems? Discontent people? Post-Lucifer, I mean. Labor issues are omnipresent. There was that strike by the saints a while back. They said I wasn't treating them any better than the billions of regular residents of heaven and insisted that their position demanded better compensation. Worse yet, most of the angels took their side, insisting that there should be a hierarchy of happiness with saints and angels kept substantially happier than the common residents of heaven. Were things shut down for a while, or did you hire scabs? <coughs> I mean, replacement workers. The devil lent me some of his staff. For two months, I had them answering prayers. As you might expect, it didn't go too well. Our complaints department was really getting stressed out from all the negative feedback it generated. Sounds like a difficult situation. How did you resolve it? Finally, I had to make an example out of their main organizer by sending him to hell. That put them all back to work quickly enough. I'm sure our readers would like to know who's been relocated. Section C, paragraph 12 of this year's God-Devil-Labor Agreement specifies that I'm not allowed to release the names of his customers without his permission. If you're curious, just remember to ask him when you meet him. I'm going to meet him? You mean you've arranged an interview for me with him? <laughs> oh, yes. An eternal interview. Even worse than this one. Well, let's see. I, I have just a few more questions left. Are you satisfied with how the faithful worship you? How can they please you better? Every time I've tried to explain, it seems to lead to the likes of plagues and wars and getting nailed to a cross. Even when I write it down in a book, nobody can agree on what it means. I will only say that nobody has come close to understanding what I wanted, so I suggest you all forget it and go on about your business. I'll be fine. I can take care of myself. Down on Earth, as I'm sure you know, people have often pondered the problem of whether you can create a rock so heavy that you can't lift it. What light can you shed on this issue for our readers? Rest assured, I can create such a rock, and then lift it too. See, your many-worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics is basically correct, if rudimentary. I use quantum indeterminacy to shift between the universe where I can't lift the rock and the one where I can, and then fuse the two universes so that both are true. I'll take your word for that. Now, what do you feel is your greatest accomplishment? Perhaps the Big Bang? Earth? Human life? What is it? Nitrogen. I don't understand. I wouldn't expect you to. What are your goals for the future? I'll let this universe run its course for a few trillion more years, and then I'll make a bigger one. I feel so confined here. My next universe will have twice as much space-time, but using only half the materials. How would that work? Will it be spread out and mostly empty? No, no, it'll be three times as dense. By switching to a 12-dimension model of superstring, I can create a new type of virtual particle which will elongate bosons and allow Bose-Einstein condensates to form at a higher temperature, making the universe much more efficient than this one. I'm really looking forward to it. Sometimes I think about doing away with this universe early in order to get on with it. I see. I rather doubt that, but your time is up. It is? I'm only 32! Oh, you mean the interview. Thank you for your time. Don't mention it.
May I come again with follow-up questions in a few weeks? Don't, don't even think, think about it. Would you mind if I stay here a while and find some famous dead people to interview? Yes, yes I'd mind. Heaven wouldn't be heaven if people were bothered by reporters in it. You suggested you'd like to interview the devil, though, and I can help you there. Here, I'll get you started with a little kick. Nasty-looking place. Well, as long as I'm here, I may as well get the interview done. Uh, Mr. Devil? I, I mean, Satan? Um, Lucifer? What should I call you? Oh. Just Devil will be fine. Well, Devil, I'm a reporter for the St. Paul Times. Why, oh why, do they name cities after saints? My emissaries have so much more to do with what goes on there. That brings me to my first question. Could you give our readers some idea of what you've been doing lately and what your plans are for the near future? I'm afraid that's classified information. All I can say is that you should expect a number of murders this week and a new war starting within a year. Perhaps you'll also be interested to know that I'm responsible for all the disasters your planet has been experiencing. Mm hmm? I chalk up the Indian Ocean tsunami and the Haiti earthquake as some of my finest work. Actually, science has explained these incidents as the result of shifting tectonic plates. Science also tells us that shoddy human construction was responsible for many of the deaths. And poor political planning and slow response time cost more lives. I don't see where you come into the picture. You believe it? You believe this primitive so-called science of yours over my word? Well, yes. Oh, I hate science. Ah, what's the use anymore? I admit it, I haven't been doing anything up there lately. I've grown too fat and old and lazy. When I look up at the earth and see what you people do to it, I can't think up any more evil things than you already have. So I no longer bother trying. Thank you for your honesty. It's quite commendable. <sighs> Not so loud, please. Last thing I need is a reputation for morality. Sorry, I didn't mean it that way. I'm sure you had ulterior motives for your honesty. Now... My next question for you goes back to when I was interviewing your partner in the business of post-life human soul housing, Mr. God. He indicated that the two of you have a labor agreement. Would you mind telling our readers if the number of souls you can capture is specified in such an agreement? I used to get a guaranteed minimum, so that if there weren't enough immoral souls in a given year, I could take in some of the virtuous ones to do some of the milder jobs. These days, the tables have turned a bit. I've been getting more than I can process, and the agreement forces God to take in some people of rather questionable virtue who he assigns to heaven's more menial tasks. And what are the sorts of tasks you put people to here in hell? Ooh, uh, there's quite a variety. Much like on your earth, we have uh, janitors, plumbers, telephone sanitizers, uh, sewage inspectors, inventory specialists, leaf blower operators, and so on. 
Oh, we also have lawyers to handle disputes and contractual issues, and a lot of advertising specialists to sell our image to the world. For law and advertising, we use people who excel in those fields during life. Uh, fortunately, we get quite a lot of them. Uh, the rest of the jobs are assigned according to how evil the person was in their life. Could you tell me what the very worst, most torturous job is? What do the very worst people have to do? You can actually see them from here. Look, uh, over in that corner. No! It can't be! You wouldn't! Oh, it is. That lot of murderers spends all day taking tech support calls from abusive customers who comment on their computer's convenient slide-out cup holders while writing click on their screen and complaining that they can't locate the any key. <laughs> we require our helpful staff to be friendly and cheerful while running through the troubleshooting procedure to fix the problems for our valued customer. Please, say no more. I'm really going to clean up my life when I get back to Earth. Getting back to my questions, I asked God what his greatest accomplishment was, and I'd be interested to hear yours for comparison. What's been your greatest accomplishment to date? Fire. Figuring out how to create fire really brightened things up down here. But wasn't fire harnessed by people in the Paleolithic period half a million years ago? Who told you that? Archaeological records. I faked those. Haven't you heard? Sorry, sir. I don't believe you. Oh, hell. I just don't seem to be good at lying anymore. Rub it in, why don't you? Yes, hell was originally a pile of wood. Yes, it was an early human arsonist who, after his death, showed me that by rubbing sticks together he could set off an eternal blaze. You'd have it that I never accomplished anything, but that's where you're wrong. It's not the method for making fire that matters, it's all in how you market it. The idea to make fire the main symbol of hell and to highlight it on all of our brochures? That was my very own special directive. If you say so. I must get going now so I can write up the story for tomorrow's paper. Thank you for your time and your frank answers to my questions. You're not going to print this? Oh, damnation! People won't be afraid of me anymore. Eh, perhaps I should kill you. Or at least wipe your memory. Please, let's not be rash here. Your reputation precedes you. Everyone knows the devil is a fearsome power to be reckoned with. I have nothing to prove my visit. So if I write something making you look weak, nobody will believe me anyway. Eh, true enough, I suppose. Goodbye. Until we meet again. Well, there it is. I woke up with Tommy standing over me and splashing water on my face. Told you you wouldn't believe me.
The title of today's Quiet Please story was Interviews in the Afterlife. It was written by Paul Nerum, and the man who spoke to you was Paul Nerum. David Loftus played God. John Gotts played the devil. Sound effects and music, courtesy of freesound.org. The theme for Quiet Please is taken from the second movement of Cesar Franck's Symphony in D minor, as performed by the Detroit Symphony Orchestra in 1964. This program is licensed for free reuse and redistribution. Thank you.